the Lord and welcome to New Life and we are just so grateful that uh, you have tuned in today to be with us and uh, um, this is I'm Pastor David Kufal this is New Life in Wapiton, North Dakota we're located at 1021 South Center Street and uh, we are praising the Lord um, today we've just got done with a wonderful time in um, worship and boy, the Spirit of God is moving in this place. And we're praying for you, um, wherever you are at, that the Lord will touch you today. Um, this is our second part of our uh, message. And uh, we're in Psalms 26 today. Um, this is our... My message is entitled, or this series is entitled, Season for Being Thankful. Season for Being Thankful. Amen? And so um, we just want to thank the Lord that um, we can be together and uh, hear the Word of God. Anyway, before we get into Psalm 26, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you for this series. Lord, there's so many who are um, upset today because how um, the election's been going. But Lord, you know, we can't let it ruin our lives. And Lord, we still need to be thankful to you because Jesus, you're still on the throne. You are still in, char in charge. Father, you still have a plan and you still have a plan for our lives. And so, Lord, I thank you, and I praise you, Lord, for um, what you're going to do in our country, in our church, in our homes, and most of all, in our lives, Lord. Lord, we pray for our family members and friends who aren't saved, that, Lord, you would um, help us to tell them the truth about the gospel message and that they would receive it and come to know you, Lord. And Lord, help the church in America to wake up and be everything, that, Lord, that you want the church to be. That, Lord, we would get bold for you and preach the gospel that only can set people free and bring unity to our nation. Lord, we can't have, political parties will never bring unity, but only you can, Father. When we put our hope in you, put our hope in the cross, put our hope in Jesus and what he has done there at that cross. And Lord, to feel your forgiveness and your love and your strength and your beauty. And Lord, we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit to touch our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this message and for your anointing today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, a season for being thankful. You know, even in this season of ups and downs, we need to be thankful. If you are born again, if you have Jesus in your heart, you have something to be thankful for. Can you say amen? Come on. It, 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 is, it is something that we need to be thankful for. 
And so uh, we got to praise him. We got to glorify him. We got to we got to lift him up. We got to we, we got to say, Lord, we um, are so glad that you are in our lives and we are part of God's family. Amen. So let's look at Psalm 26 and we're going to start in verse one. And I want us to look here. Because we need to ask the Lord what David asked the Lord. Lord, search me. Church, we need to ask the Lord to search us. We need to say personally, say to the Lord, Lord, search me. How am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I at with you? Where's, my, where, where's the level of your joy in my life? Lord, search me. Verse 26, uh, chapter, um, Psalm 26 of verse 1 says, Vindicate me. Hmm. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. This psalm presents David pleading regarding his own petitions to the Lord. Do you ever plead with the Lord? Do you, ever, do you ever just get with, in a place with the Lord in prayer where you're just pleading with him, talking to him, wanting God to move in your life? But more than David just pleading with the Lord, but more than that, this psalm presents the son of David. Who's the son of David? Jesus. Pleading for Israel and also for you and for me. If you would read these psalms with not only David's petition in mind, but also the petition of the great petitioner himself, Jesus Christ, our intercessor, the psalm will become more understandable. If you would just look for Jesus every time you read the Old Testament, you will find him on every page. If you would see this from the Lord's heart, how different these sounds would become in our lives. In effect, our Lord is telling God the Father to judge him. Now listen to this. What Jesus is saying is telling God the Father to judge him rather than us. The integrity of which he speaks is his own and not ours. Isn't that the message that comes when we look at the cross? Jesus is saying, judge me, Father, not them. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. That was more than just talking about the guards who took him and nailed him to the cross or, or, the, or the leaders who, who pushed for Jesus to be executed. It was more than, than Pilate ordering the execution. Jesus looked down at the cross and he looked at us and he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And half the time we don't. Isn't it wonderful? He took upon himself our sin, our problems, our illness. He took upon himself, and, and, and the old song says he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders. Oh, if you just trust Jesus, he will lighten your load because he's already carried it. 
He says, hey, Jesus told us, hey, let's exchange burdens. Take my burden, it's light and easy, compared to your burdens, which are heavy. And yet we hold on to them so much. You know, we need to repent of that. We need to repent carrying our own worries. We need to repent of carrying fear. Why are some of us fearful of COVID? Don't you know God has you in his hands? Yes, COVID can't be seen and COVID can be scary, but it's also a little tiny little nothing compared to God who's so big and wonderful. Don't you know he has you in his hands? And if he decides that it's time for you to go to heaven, you're going to go to heaven one way or the other. I'm throwing my hand around a lot today. <laughs> Come on. Where's our trust in Jesus? Don't let fear take over because fear will keep you from achieving what God would have you achieve. Fear will keep you from moving forward. Fear will paralyze you. Jesus carried it all. And so Jesus is saying... Jesus is saying, let me, judge me, instead of judge them. And that's what he did on the cross. And Jesus was perfect. He never knew any sin. Let's move to verse 2. Verse 2 says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Oh, I love this verse. Try my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes and I have walked in your truth. Wow. Every child of God should urge the Holy Spirit to probe deep within the heart to what? To prove me. To see that we are, ab uh, that we are abiding in the word of God and not in a man-made gospel. Uh, folks, that is so important today. We have so much going on, so much confusion going on in the church today, so much man-made stuff. We need to return to this and just follow this. This is the word of God. Everything we need to grow a church is right here in these pages. Everything we need to live for Jesus is right here in these pages. Everything we need to get our loved ones saved is in these pages. Everything that we need for our healing is in these pages. Everything we need to know that we're going to heaven when we die is in these pages. Everything we need to know about the grace of God and his mercy and his forgiveness are in these pages, not in man-made psychology, not in some business model. By the way, they're not going to work. All the things that we put our trust in before COVID are not going to work after COVID. God has wants us to return to his word and do it his way, and that's why we spent a month talking about lifting up Jesus. If we will lift up Jesus and live our faith in front of people, our church will succeed, we will grow, and we will win people to the Lord. Because you know what this generation is looking for? Something real. 
And they're grasping onto anything and everything that's coming down the pike because they're not seeing the real truth of the word of God put before them. And you know what? This generation that's before us right now, they deserve to have us share Jesus with them. If we do not share Jesus with them, we are failing in what God has called us to do. He said, go into the world. We need to finish the race. We need to finish the Great Commission. We need to get people ready because the next great thing that's coming is the rapture of the church. And I don't think it's going to be very long now, folks, because we're seeing how the world is getting more and more corrupt, more and more are we moving in, in these birth pains towards the tribulation starting more and more when we're going to see the the antichrist will reap i believe we're going to know who the antichrist is and then we're out of here that's what the bible says that's what paul says he needs to be revealed first we're not going to be out of here until the son of perdition is revealed. That's what Paul said. And if you read Jesus' words in, in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, you see that we are here for the birth pains and then tribulation comes. Come on. You know, the world has to change and, 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 and the world has to come to a place where they're going to accept the false prophet and the antichrist. Don't be, don't be scared about what we're seeing in front of us right now know this God is still in control this has not caught him by surprise he knew this day was coming and he knew that you and I were going to be here and you know what let me tell you something we are living in the most exciting times that we could live in because I believe we're going to see Jesus come back now if that's more exciting than when Jesus left in the ascension that's more exciting than going through the Middle Ages or, or, or going through the, the, the years of expansion and the, uh, with missionaries going all over the world in the 1800s and the 1900s. We are living in an exciting time. We could be, we could be the generation that ushers Jesus back into this world. Not because of our efforts, but because of what his efforts through us. Remember, it's always him through us, using us, to be his hands and his feet, and we should be also his mouth. Come on. Now the word try here that we find in verse 3 is interesting. This word try here is a picture of a goldsmith. And you're the gold. If you're born again, you're the gold, and Christ is the goldsmith. It's a founder. This word try here, we say, Lord, try me. What does, he say? what does David say here? Try my mind and my heart. What the American church needs is to have our minds renewed by the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, that we would put on the mind of Christ and get all this other, as the Germans would say, do might not of us. You know what the do might means? baloney we got so much baloney going on but it says it's a goldsmith a founder refining the gold melting it purifying it purging away the impurities casting it into something 
useful. And the word you take and you translate it to is try. That's a challenge. Try my mind. Try my heart. For your loving kindness is before my eyes and I have walked in your truth. Only the Lord Jesus could actually say such words in verse 3. Only Jesus has constantly walked in your truth. And we, church, are supposed to be like Jesus, walking in the truth of God, not compromising it. How can you not talk about Jesus and not talk about his blood? How can you talk about Jesus and not talk about sin? How can you not talk about Jesus and not talk about the cross? How can you go ahead and make the gospel so easy and palatable that you could just soothe somebody without seeing them saved? That's not the gospel. The Bible says the cross is an offense. And it trips up those who are Gentiles. Huh. It trips them up so they fall on their face so they got to get saved. Mm. The psalm is rich with instruction for the... This psalm is rich with instruction for the people of God. Two facts that are full of consolation are especially... Prominent. You know what consolation is? It makes consolation builds us up. Consolation makes us feel, oh, thank you, Lord, I got something I can hold on to. <laughs> you know, like when you got saved and you know heaven's your home, you can hold on to it. You've got that hope. That's what consolation is. So there's two facts that are full of consolation, are especially prominent here in Psalm 26. Um, and actually, I added a third one. But the first one is. Well, my third one isn't really a... But anyway, you'll get it. The first one is that help is sure to be given in response to such a pleader and to such a plea. If we would plea with the Lord and say, Lord, search me. Help is promised to such a one that makes that plea. Number two, that, his, that this divine priest... Jesus Christ is willing and able to live his blameless life in whosoever will trust him. Now, to help you understand that, that means if we would say, Lord, try me. Lord, purify me. Lord, um, forgive me. Lord, search me. Lord, have your way in my life. Jesus is willing as our high priest, our divine high priest, to live his blameless life in whoever, that means you who have asked Jesus in your heart, he will live his blameless life through you. And that does not mean you become perfect. Oh my word. Wouldn't it be just nice if we got saved and we just become perfect? I know my seven-year-old would love that. It'd make life easier for him. If he could just be perfect. No, he's found out that, no, he's not perfect. All kids find that out eventually. At different ages along the way, they discover, oh, I'm not perfect. I, make, I mess up. But you know what he's glad for? That he can say he's sorry and he can be forgiven. 
And that's the same thing for you and me. And you know what? The, my third thing I added here was that that makes me thankful and makes me want to shout praise that God would search me, that he would purify me, that I can have the mind of Christ, that Jesus can work through me even though I'm not perfect. He can work through me and we can see others saved. That makes me want to shout gloriously. Oh, Lord, search us. Search me. Verse 8 says, Lord, I have loved the inhabitation of your house and the place, hallelujah, where your glory dwells. Mm. Can you just praise the Lord for a minute for that? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I have loved the, inhabit, the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. I think that's why it's been hard on a lot of us when we have to say, okay, because of COVID, um, you're going to have to stay away from church and join us um, from, via um, Zoom for part of the meeting and Facebook Live and YouTube. It's been hard on us because we love being together. Why? It's not just because we get to be together because when two or three of us gather together, there he is in our midst. It's not just because of that. It's because we come to a place where we, we praise corporately together the Lord. That's why the Lord says, don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Verse 8 speaks of the Holy Spirit abiding in us personally. What do you mean? Well, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's not the building. It's you and me. When we come together, we are the church corporately, but uh, when we're out in the world, we are the church individually and the whole, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells. That's why we love, we love singing the one song this morning about being in his presence. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. What a privilege we have that the Lord dwells in us because we ask Jesus into our heart, but more than that, we have the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. How thankful are we for that? Or do we take that for granted too? Mm. Oh, Lord, redeem me. Verse 9 says, Do not gather my soul with the sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty men, in whose hands is a sinister scheme. And those in whose right hand is full of bribes. I want, I, I'm going to come back to this in a second. I, I skipped verse 6. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't notice I did that. I also skipped verse 4 and 5. Let me go back to verse 4. I know. Let, let me go because I don't want you to miss this. Verse 4 says, I have not sat with the adulterous mortals, 
nor will I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. The only way a believer can rise to such spiritual heights is through Christ Jesus. He becomes our substitute and our identification with him gives us his perfection. That and that alone is how the Father sees us. So when the Father looks at us, he sees us through Jesus' eyes. He sees us already completely, 100% sanctified in Christ's perfection. But Jesus looks at us and he knows how we are, so he asks the Father, send the Holy Spirit to them. And let's get them to where they are supposed to be. Amen? Verse 5 is talking of those who are oppressed um, to the... I'm sorry, verse 5 is talking about those who are opposed to the true gospel of Christ with those, our Lord, and with those, those who are opposed to the true gospel of Christ with those our Lord will not participate. The church in America needs to realize that. We need to be totally sold out to Jesus because if we're not going to be totally sold out to Jesus, we are not going to win this generation for Christ. They have left church because they've seen too many make compromises after compromises after compromises and they can't understand. And the ones who have stayed in church, the kids who have stayed in church in this generation, they are so sold out to Jesus, they would actually die for him. And that's the good news. Boy, I would love to have a whole church full of them. I'm excited about this generation that we need to reach. And we can't remember, we can't forget about the other generations too are still breathing. We need to reach every single one of them. And listen to me, we got to stop segregating ourselves as millennials and zers and boomers. No, this generation is the generation who is still breathing. From the, from the builders who are still alive to the ones who are still being, that are being born today is the generation that God wants us to be concerned about. Amen? Well, you know, I skipped a whole section here. Is your voice a voice of thanksgiving? I don't want to skip. Boy, oh boy, somebody was trying to get me to skip that. Somebody needs this. Verse 6 says, I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord. Tim and I were talking about this altar yesterday on the phone, and uh, we were having a good time. Man, we were having a, uh, a wonderful time in the Lord talking about the altar. What is the altar that Christians need to go to? The only way we can attain to the righteousness of Christ is by fully trusting in the cross and what Jesus did there symbolized here by the altar the altar in the word of God is the place of sacrifice the place we find forgiveness for our sins and that is the cross it's not what we call the altar in church so many people say, come to the altar, and they're telling everybody, come on down. Come on down to the platform. Come on. That's not the altar we're talking about. We're talking about the foot of the cross where we are forgiven, 
We're talking about the foot of the cross where the blood of Jesus flowed. We're talking about, you see, the, the, where the blood is is where our forgiveness is. Where the blood is is where our healing is because by his stripes we are healed. We need to return to the altar, the real, the true altar, the foot of the cross, and, and, and let God do his work in our lives. Oh, it's okay to call people down. By the way, I'm not saying don't call people down to the, to the front of the church. Don't have them, don't, don't, I'm not saying don't have them come down and kneel in prayer. That's, but you know, the old timers, in their mind, they were calling people to the foot of the cross. And people responded and came to a place of prayer and pleading and saying, Lord, search me. Cleanse me. If you haven't done it, ask Jesus in your heart today. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land." Oh, folks, if we'd only do it. There has been a lot of call to prayer. We've had politicians calling us to prayer. They, they, they read the first part, if my people are called by my name and will humble themselves and pray. And they stop reading. They stop quoting. But the church has yet to repent in America. I don't want to sound harsh. I'm talking about all of us. Have we asked the Lord to forgive us for compromising the word? Have, have we asked the Lord to forgive us for being wishy-washy? Have we asked the Lord um, to forgive us for not being intentional? Have we asked the Lord to forgive us for not running the race as we should? Have we asked, for, have we asked the Lord to forgive us when we're not concerned about the Great Commission? Have we asked the Lord to forgive us when we are not making disciples and we're just entertaining people? Folks, we need to say, Lord, the church needs to say, Lord, forgive us. It's the only way we will see the United States healed. Receive the healing we need. It's the only way the church in America will become strong again. As what one preacher has said, if what's were happening right now in America with this election, if this is what it's going to take to wake the church up, then I say, Praise the Lord. And, and I'm not immune to this. New life is not immune to this. Oh, we're having prayer meeting and we're having praise and we're studying the Word of God and we believe in making disciples. But new life, have we efficiently asked God to forgive. 
We did that in prayer today during our worship, and boy, did we have a move of the Boy, you could feel the Spirit of God in this place because I believe when you put God first and you pray and you repent, oh, my word. I'm not going to go into all the things we need to repent for. But is your voice a voice of thanksgiving? Verse 7 says, "If we, you know, this is why I want us to do it. Verse 7, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of your wondrous works. See, if we do our part, and pray and fall, turn from our wicked ways. My word, then verse 7 is going to be so much alive in us that we may proclaim with a voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works, not doom and gloom, but thanksgiving. The believer is ever to keep these wondrous works of Jesus Christ in mind and to constantly thank the Lord for them. Then those wondrous works will become a part of our lives. Wow. See, there's one of the things we need to be asking the Lord to forgive us for not being thankful enough. Come on. Oh. Uh, we, I know so many people that are so, they're Droopy Dog. Some of you might not remember Droopy Dog, but he was so happy. Oh, my word. He was such a pessimist. The sky was always falling. Everything was going wrong. He, he could never smile. But he would say, I'm so happy because he was happy in it being miserable. Folks, if you start thanking Jesus for all the blessings you have, I don't care how sore you are, how achy you are, what your problems are, if you start thanking Jesus for all he has done for you and that he is in charge of all your mess, oh, my word's going to change your life and his wondrous works will become real in your life. And you'll share with others the wondrous story of Jesus. That brings us back to verse 8, which we've already talked about. The Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. And now we can talk about, Lord, redeem me, verse 9. Do not gather my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands is a sinister scheme, and whose right hand is full of bribes. Unfortunately, David, in committing adultery with Bathsheba, and then the cold-blooded murder of her husband Uriah, and in his efforts to cover up those terrible sins, became the very thing which he cried against. But there's good news. But, aren't you glad there's always a but with God? <laughs> aren't you glad in your life there's always been a but with God? B-U-T. But, God forgave him. You see, this is what we're missing in, in America today. We have such a canceled culture going on that nobody wants to for, They would never forgive David of his sin, but God forgave him, and God has forgiven you. 
As the Lord will forgive, but God forgave him as the Lord will forgive all who sincerely repent. In one way or another, all of us fall into the same category with King David. And forgiveness starts at the foot of the cross. I am so glad that God says, but I forgave you. Verse 11 and 12. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot stands in an even place. In the congregation, I will bless the Lord. We can walk in integrity only in Christ. We do this by constantly expressing faith in him and the cross, which then gives the Holy Spirit latitude to work within our lives. In Christ alone and through his cross can our foot stand in that even place. Thanks be to God for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. He said, oh, you sinner, you. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Thanks be to God, he says, but I forgive you. Thanks be to God, he gives us the Holy Spirit and makes us the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God for what Jesus has done for you and me. Let's be a thankful people. Let's stop. Oh, my word. We, we, we've got folks in our church that have been going through some trying times. But you know what? We can still thank the Lord for what he does for us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you that you have done so much for us. That, Lord, when you died on the cross, you counted it all joy so that we could be saved. Because you loved us so much, you demonstrated that, that love. That while we were yet sinners, Jesus, you died for us us and because we have come to you we've come to the foot of the cross we've asked you lord to forgive us lord you have saved us because you said oh you sinner you but i have forgiven you lord we thank you for your grace we thank you that we can have faith in you we thank you lord that you send the holy spirit to indwell our lives and jesus you live in our hearts we praise you for this in jesus precious name Hallelujah. For those who are watching who are new to us, um, you can see our website right there. Click on our website. It has all sorts of information about new life. It also has a section there about how to get saved. If you don't know Jesus, go to our website. Click on that. But it's very simple. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Ask him to forgive you for all the mess that, you've, that uh, your life has become. And he will and he will save you, and he'll be your Lord and Savior. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I put my full trust and faith in you today. Lord, be my Savior. I ask you to come into my heart, and thank you that I can live for you the rest of my life. 
I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, the prayer is not a magic formula that you just prayed. It's believing in the one you prayed to. That's what saves you. And go tell somebody. Let us know that you asked Jesus into your heart because we want to be praying for you. All right. God bless you. We will see you Thursday at 6.30 on Facebook Live. Um, and if you're in the area, if you live in the Wapiton or Breckenridge area, come on down. Come and be with us in person at 1021 South Center Street. And we are so glad for all of you who join with us. We ask the Lord to bless you and keep you and let his um, just walk in his grace in Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you Thursday.